Hello everyone. Hi. I'm Sarah. I'm Casey. And we are Relatively Relatively Dark. How are you? I'm good. It's been kind of a rainy day, but not too bad. We needed it. Yeah. So I'm it happy makes for me it. sleepy. Yeah. Me too. I almost took a nap in the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to take a nap after we ate lunch. Yeah. I, I was Dairy Queen. I was not just and ice cream. I'm jealous. Hush. <laughs> I didn't just like fall into she the She was floor. already in the floor, I'm guessing. Yeah, I was just oh, yeah. chilling in the floor. And I was like, this is really comfortable. I mean, just like a nap right here. <clears throat> but I didn't. Because I had stuff to do. I've done so. it in here. Yes. <laughs> Oh, um anyways what do we have today i'm excited <clears throat> so i have another one that is going to make you think gonna be a lot of debate a lot of discussion so let's i have mixed feelings about this it. already like how much of an effort do i want to put in today <laughs> it will naturally come okay so i wasn't exactly sure where to start this story do you know now sort of <laughs> <laughs> but you're gonna get the whole story regardless so it doesn't really matter right So So just start talking. Yeah. Bill Kahn. Okay. (laughs) Bill Kahn was a single dad and had five kids. Okay. And this is Kahn Key. Key? Not Key. What letters? K-Y-N-E. Okay. Kine. Kine. He was a widower. He had lost his wife just eight months before he met a woman named Diane. And she ran a nail salon with her twin sister. Oh, Okay. Bill said that Diane was his dream girl. She Mm. had blonde hair, blue eyes, beautiful person, inside and out. He said she had a big heart. Anytime anybody needed anything, she was there. Right. Diane also had one child named Kevin. Okay. And according to him, he was best friends with his mom. They were super close. They always told each other they loved each other before they went to bed. Kind of like our family. Yeah. When Diane started dating Bill, Kevin thought he was kind. They seemed happy. He gave her what she wanted. They had a happy life. So he was happy for her. Right. Happy, 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 happy. (laughs) Okie dokie. Bill and Diane got married in 2002. Kevin was just 15 at the time and he walked her down the aisle. Aww. So this new family, they moved to a nice quiet neighborhood in Pinellas County, Florida. Okay. Is where the story takes place. Okay. According to Bill, him and Kevin got along great. Diane supposedly told him that he took to Bill, Kevin took to Bill better than any other man that she had dated in the past. So much so, apparently, that he wanted to take Bill's last name. Mm. So he wanted the last name Khan, the same as Bill and his mom. Right. Um, Out of all the kids in this big blended family, Kevin was the youngest. And Bill's daughter, Rebecca, said that you could tell he was an only child. He was kind of all about him, always wanted his way. But Kevin's cousin said that Bill's kids weren't really accepting of him. Mm. He felt like an outsider. There was a lot of tension in the house. Yeah. Which had to, it's got to be hard. Yeah. Like he would uh, He was 15 like, and they were even older than that. So. Yeah. That's not an age where you're all innocent, all accepting like younger kids are. Yeah, and the fact that they're all five biological siblings, he would feel like an outsider, which is sad. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the summer of 2010. Kevin was 23 now. He had no job, and he was still living at home. 
and he recently had brain surgery for a benign tumor. Okay. So he needed time to recover from that is why, you know, he was still kind of lingering around the house and stuff. But Bill and Diane, they were ready to start the next chapter of their lives. They were ready for an empty nest and to be just them. Right. They wanted to buy their dream home. So it was time for Kevin to move out. Kevin, according to him, he knew he needed to get his own place, be out on his own, and he wanted to. It wasn't this, you know, he didn't want to leave. The main day in this story is August 15th, 2010. Okay. This was a Sunday afternoon. Bill had mowed the yard and cleaned the pool. Kevin was chilling on the couch waiting for the NASCAR race to start. And Diane had gone to the master bedroom. I'm assuming to take a nap or just relax. I don't know. Okay. Just before 2 p.m., 911 gets a call from Kevin. And he tells the 911 operator that his stepdad just killed his mom, Diane. Whoa. Minutes later, another call to 911 was made. This time, Bill was calling, saying that his stepson had just killed his wife. Wow. So the first thing the police have to tackle is figuring out who's telling the truth and who's lying. Right. A former reporter for the Tampa Bay Times named Curtis Kruger, he points out that both calls were made in the heat of the moment. Obviously, one person is telling the truth, and the other already has their lie about what happened figured out. And he referred to it as quick and devious thinking. Creepy. When first responders arrived, Diane was laying face up on her bed. Her cause of death was either strangulation or asphyxiation. Basically the same thing. Right. In the bedroom, which was the crime scene, investigators found a pair of broken glasses. They were at the bottom of the bed, so I'm pretty sure they were in the floor, like at the bottom of the bed. Okay, yeah. And they found a little bit of blood. A little on the comforter, and there were three small spots on Diane's leg. Okay. Uh, They noticed that the house was in disarray. There was a shirt in the yard, a pair of shorts in the yard, and there was a cell phone. Investigators have no idea what happened, so they got to interview the only two people that do know. Right. They start with Bill. So I'm going to tell you Bill's story. So from here on, this is what Bill said happened. Yes, as of now. According to him... Him and Kevin were getting ready to watch the NASCAR race. At some point, Kevin goes to the master bedroom to talk to his mom. He then hears Diane yell, Kevin, and anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes goes by before he gets up to see what's going on. He pushes the bedroom door open, and he sees Kevin on top of Diane. He pulls him off of her, and then Kevin slams Bill into the dresser and leaves the room. Bill catches up to him in the kitchen, and Bill said, quote, he was throwing me around like I was a ragdoll, end quote. Kevin then runs out the front door, and now they're in the yard. Okay. Bill said he grabbed him, and somehow his shirt came off during the struggle. At some point, his shorts come off during the struggle. But before his shorts came off, he pulled out his cell phone and dialed 911. He then threw Bill to the ground and took off running. Okay. Bill's daughter, Rebecca, said when she got there, Bill was in the yard, he had his head in his hands, and he looked like someone had taken the life out of him. Somebody had taken his life away. Yeah. And she said again, because he already had one wife pass away. So that is Bill's explanation of the series of events. Okay, so did he not explain, like, what happened after that? Because he didn't 
you know, you didn't say when he called 911 or anything. Um, Wait. we'll touch on some <laughs> of that later. Okay. Some of it I don't have, like, every little... Right, yeah. ...bit in detail. That, that is, that's odd, though, that... But we will touch on it. Okay. Um, so now Kevin's story. Okay, let's see what the similarities are. <laughs> and the differences. Yep. <laughs> so Kevin says he wasn't feeling great, so he laid on the couch, getting ready to watch the NASCAR race. And then Bill tapped him on the head and said, your mom needs to talk to you. And apparently he tapped him on his scar where he had his surgery, so it was, like, still really tender, so okay. it hurt. He told him that, you know, he wasn't feeling good. Tell mom, I'll be a minute and I'll go talk to her. Bill came back again a little while later, told him the same thing. You need to go talk to your mom, blah, blah, blah. When Kevin does get up, goes to the bedroom. As soon as he opened the door, Bill grabbed him and put him in a chokehold. He's screaming for his mom to help him and then he sees her. He said her face was black. That mental picture is going to be in his mind for the rest of his life. And he says that, you know, they did have that scuffle in the front yard. And he said that when he took off, he was running from someone who had just murdered his mom and was trying to murder him. Hmm. So that's his side of the story. Okay. Quite a few similarities, but everything is shifted just enough to where it points to the other person. Right. As we all know, the husband is always a suspect. Uh-huh. So investigators start doing their research on Bill Kahn. So they really start looking into the death of his first wife. Yes. Not to, I'm really sorry to interrupt. This kind of reminds me of the case with Dennis and Donna Yaklich. It does. Except, I didn't even think of that till now. Yeah, because, well, he was the one, you know, the husband, Dennis, was the one who was murdered. There were even speculations on what happened to his first wife. Yeah. And then there were two sides to that story, and it's just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah, it does remind me of that story. Okay. <laughs> so, they start doing their research into the death of his first wife. Mm -hmm. Her name was Krista, by the way. When an investigation was done into his first wife's death, investigators concluded that she had fell in the middle of the night, hit her head, fell into the pool, and drowned. Wow. Um, really sad. And Bill said that he got her out of the pool Easter morning. Man. In 2000 is when she passed away. It happened in the middle of the night, though. No witnesses, but it was apparently investigated, so. Okay. When she died, Bill got her life insurance, which was somewhere around $250,000. Not weird that the husband would be the beneficiary. Right. But he also collected on an insurance policy from an auto repair shop he owned when it burned down. And another policy when there was a fire at some investment property that he had. Well. So that's a little weird. Mm-hmm. On Diane's insurance policy, he was the beneficiary. Okay. And her insurance policy was for $750,000. Whoa. That's crazy. Right? Bill denied committing any type of fraud to get any of that money and assures that both fires and his first wife's death were all investigated. Like, all of this stuff was investigated. I didn't commit fraud. I was just really freaking unlucky, okay? Yeah. I had a lot of stuff happen to me. Which does happen. Right. But Kevin claimed that money was the motive for Bill killing Diane. Right. Which makes sense because it happens all the time. Yeah, I mean, and that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A big chunk of change. Oh, yeah. Now that detectives have a feasible motive for Bill wanting Diane dead, they start combing through his 911 call, his police interview, and some things didn't add up. Okay. Raised some questions. 
First responders tried to check Diane for a pulse, and when they did, her body was slightly cold, which meant that she had probably been dead for some time. Uh But the police got there minutes after Bill said he caught Kevin in the act, so the timeline didn't make sense. Right. She wouldn't be starting to get cold within minutes. Right. Another thing that struck investigators as odd is that Bill told them that when Kevin ran off, he never went back to the bedroom to check on Diane. Yeah. In the Dateline episode I watched about this, he said, quote, I assumed she was already dead. But your wife. That's one thing I'm like, I don't know anybody that wouldn't run back to check on them. And not that I know this from experience. And I know movies are just movies and it's not an accurate depiction of real life. Okay, but people will not believe what's in front of them. Mm -hmm. Like, it is right there and they won't believe it. So, and I don't think that's far from the truth. That you will actually still try to get somebody to wake up that you care about that is gone. Yeah. And he's not even going to go check. That's weird. It is weird. And it's weird to me that his reasoning is in that moment when all of this is going on, he just got in this, you know, tussle with his stepson and everything who just murdered his wife, according to him. He's thinking, I'm not going to go back up there. Well, she's dead. Like, it's weird. Anyways. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to linger too much on that because yeah. we'll never move forward. Um, <laughs> but if he did kill her, he wouldn't need to go back to check on her to know that she was dead, which is kind of, you know, the investigator's way of thinking. Right. Bill's DNA profile also matched a sample that was taken from Diane's neck. And remember, she died from asphyxiation. Right. Devil's advocate, they were married. Right. They lived together. They slept in the same bed. So it's completely understandable that his DNA would be on her. Yeah. Even if it is on her neck. That's not weird. Yep. Bill did agree to take a polygraph. Okay. He failed. There were two critical questions. They asked, did you cause the death of Diane Kahn? He said no. They also asked, did you lie about Kevin being on top of Diane on August 15th, 2010? And he answered no. The results of both those questions indicated deception. Right. I will say lie detector tests are not admissible in court for obvious reasons. There's always the possibility of false readings Mm -hmm. and such. And honestly, I don't know if I would ever take a polygraph. Especially in, like, a situation like this because your nerves, yeah. my nerves would be so shot. Yep. I'd be convicted of murder. <laughs> when you didn't even know the person. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I would never murder anybody, but my nerves would be so shot, like, I don't. Yeah. I don't but think anyways, I could do it either. That does not mean he did it. It's just another thing added to the, you know, crap pile of evidence. Right. Uh, anyways, detectives bring him in for another interview. This one, more like an interrogation. Right. During this, Bill claimed that he had gone back into the bedroom after his altercation with Kevin. Okay. When they asked him why he'd lie about that, he answered, got no logical explanation. Okay. Huh. So why did you lie about that the first time we interviewed you, sir? I I got no logical explanation. What? So there's that. Okay. Weird. So to recap... What they have on Bill. His DNA was on her neck. He failed his polygraph. He changed his story. Mm -hmm. All his past stuff. His first wife's death. Life insurance. Fires. All that stuff. Right. And plus the fact that Kevin said he did it. Yeah. So 
as of now, that's what they got. Okay. So put that to the side. Now let's talk about Kevin. Where are the inconsistencies there? <laughs> Um, when investigators started looking into him, they realized they had been called to that house before. Five years earlier, when Kevin was 18, he got into an argument with Diane's sister. The police showed up, and Kevin actually ended up fighting with the police, trying to get his dog to attack them. Wow. And he was arrested for battering a law enforcement officer and resisting arrest. Wow. Kevin pleaded guilty, and I don't know how long he was in jail. If he went to jail, I don't know. Bill said that he had never seen anyone act out the way that Kevin did. He claimed that three months before the murder, Kevin had pulled a knife on Diane. Wow. Kevin denied that that ever happened. Right. And apparently, at one point, Diane had bolted her bedroom door shut to keep Kevin out. And he ended up kicking it in, breaking it. And this is what Bill claimed. I'm not sure if there were other witnesses to this or not yeah i was about to ask i don't know if that's like a known thing or if this is just his right but rebecca bill's daughter backed up her dad and said that kevin was a hothead Uh she said that one time he tried to provoke bill into fighting him the police were called and kevin claimed that it was because bill had shoved him he wasn't trying to provoke him he called because he had put his hands on him right so just this back and forth he said he said yeah going on Apparently, though, things did get bad enough that Bill and Diane took legal action and evicted Kevin when he was 21. So something was happening. Yeah. But there's a big range of what that could be. It could be super violent behavior. They were afraid of him. It could be, we're tired of you living on the couch. Mm -hmm. Get out. Yep. It could be as simple as that. And also, with him being the only one there, Bill could have been... I don't really know the word I'm thinking, but pushing her to do something. Yeah. You know, and not that that's necessarily wrong because some parents won't do that, even if it's what's best for their kids. Yeah. It could be nothing malicious at all. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. On either part. We really don't know for sure. Yep. I don't anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, So they did evict Kevin, but Diane eventually let him come back home. He was her only child. She loved yeah. him. They were, you know. Well, he had that tumor, too. Not the only one that was. True. I didn't even think of that. So, during the summer of 2010, Bill's son and his family were living at the house, too, because of money issues. Okay. So, they had even more people in the house. Tensions, supposedly, are high, again, or still. Yeah. Evidently, Kevin was stingy with the household computer. He was always on it. He would change the password. He'd kick anyone else that was on it off of it. Mm -mm. Um, Diane allegedly stopped talking to Kevin at some point to avoid arguing. And they would send emails to communicate with each other. Huh. Being in the same house. That's how they would communicate. Strange. Um, And Bill's daughter in the episode I watched about this, she was talking about this as well. Okay. So. There were issues between kevin and yes it seems so according to bill the last straw was when kevin cussed out diane calling her very vulgar names and they gave kevin until september 21st to get out Uh diane was killed five weeks before that deadline and bill's claim is that that is why kevin killed her so he wouldn't have to leave the house he would get his way yeah but Kevin said he never even made it into the bedroom that day. Huh. Because he opens the door and then Bill attacked him. 
So he wasn't even in the room. How would he have killed her? Yeah. However, those glasses they found by the bed, Mm -hmm. those belong to Kevin. All right. That, accompanied with his temper, his violent behavior, was enough for the investigators, and Kevin was arrested and charged with murdering his mom. Okay. Was Bill arrested for the murder? Kevin was arrested for the murder. Well, I mean, you said they brought him in and they investigated and they took him to question him. Like an interrogation. He was not arrested, though. Okay. I just don't think the glasses and the temper is enough for an uh, an arrest. Well. Okay, sorry. Calm down. Sorry. Calm down. (laughs) Move on. Um, Kevin also agreed to take a polygraph. He was asked the same type of questions, and he passed. Okay. Again, that doesn't mean he did, didn't do it, whatever. But because he passed that polygraph, they let him go. Okay. It's very back and forth. Stay with me. Okay. So, now we're going to do a quick recap of the evidence against Kevin. Okay. You have the history of the violent behavior. Right. You have the issues that he has with Bill, the issues he has with his mom. Mm Mm-hmm. He was going to have to move out, be out on his own, and start being an adult. Uh And his glasses were found in the room. Okay. Which he said he never went in. And from what I understand, these are glasses that he would have to wear. Like, he wouldn't be able to see without them. Like me. Yes, like you. Yes. Um, and you. Yes, but I don't have glasses. You're not getting out of that. You got them, too. Mm, I got glasses. I can't see it all without mine. Me neither. In 2011, Kevin testified in front of a grand jury. Okay. They held this to see, you know, basically, if it needs to go to trial. Right. He testified that he never made it into the room. He just stood in the doorway in shock seeing his mom that way, and then Bill attacked him from behind. Well, remember how I said that there was blood on the comforter, Uh and there were three spots of blood on Diane's leg? That analysis came back, and it was Kevin's blood. Okay. When the prosecutor asked what the explanation was for that, he didn't have an answer. So, the grand jury decided to indict Kevin on the charge of first-degree murder. Okay. And his trial began in July of 2012. During the trial, um, a bloodstain expert testified about the blood that was found on Diane and the blood that was on the comforter. She said that this meant that he had to have been in that room. Okay. His blood is on her. It's on the bed. He had to have been in there. So that supported Bill's story that he found Kevin on top of Diane. Right. The prosecutor, uh, William Lowry, he said that blood had to have gotten there during the act or when Bill pulled Kevin off of her. Okay. The investigators had not only found his glasses in the room, they also found a pair of men's sandals. One was in the room and one was by the door. Okay. When questioned about those, Kevin claimed that they weren't his. He'd never seen them before. Mm Mm-hmm. But his DNA was found on those shoes. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Lowry argues that the only plausible reason for him to lie about that is because those shoes put him in the room. When he said he wasn't in there. The prosecution believed that Kevin finally just snapped, killed his mom in a fit of rage. Okay. According to Bill, that whole ordeal with Kevin yelling at Diane and, you know, cussing at her and calling her names and stuff, that happened about a week before the murder. Okay. The defense argued that Bill's DNA being found on Diane's neck was enough for reasonable doubt. Uh Uh-huh. They also theorized that the drops of blood that was found on the bed and Diane was from Bill attacking him at the door 
That's what I was thinking. Like, it just was kind of, like, cast off from that. Yeah, and if his glasses got knocked off in the process, that was my thought. Mm-hmm. When both the prosecution and the defense rested, the jury deliberated for just four hours before they reached a verdict. Kevin was found guilty of second-degree murder and mm-hmm. sentenced to life in prison. One of Kevin's defense lawyers filed an appeal. They objected to the fact that the judge allowed the prosecution to use Kevin's old 911 call as part of their case. Because the prosecution, they used that 911 call to show that he was like the crying wolf type. He's called 911 before because of his violent behavior and this is just how he acts. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that this is what happened. You get what I'm saying? I feel like I'm wording that weird, but... I understand. Hopefully they do. Okay. Uh-huh. I hope so. If not, I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Um, they also argued that because the jury heard about that incident and that call, they were already prejudiced against mm. Kevin. Yeah. The appeals court agreed, and Kevin was granted a new trial two years after his conviction. Okay. In February 2015. So, not using the first 911 call that he made, right? The one that he made when he was supposedly provoking yeah. Bill. Yes, that's the one that they... Said shouldn't have been used because right. they planted this idea and it wasn't related to this case. Right. Gotcha. So in February of 2015, the second trial started. The prosecution had the same approach. They just They're, weren't allowed to use that call. I'm assuming... I guess their way of thinking is, I mean, they won the first time. Yeah. So they're going to keep, you know, the same strategy. But the defense went a lot harder in the second trial. Right. They made more objections. They did tougher cross-examinations, that sort of thing. And they really wanted the jury to focus on Bill instead. Mm -hmm. For starters, they hammer in kind of, you know, why didn't he go and check on her again? Yeah. They played Bill's 911 call. And their claim was that it sounded fake. Mm-hmm. He's got this heavy breathing, like he's upset, and then he gets super emotional, and he was like, oh, Diane, oh, Diane. And I wish I could play it, but I can't because copyright. copyright. I'm not allowed to. But my honest opinion, everybody go listen to the episode that I will link in the show notes. Okay. I agree. I think it sounds fake. Because it's one of those, like, he's saying the right things, and he's forcing his voice to sound Like, he's upset. Yeah, like he's a bad actor. Yes. But that's my opinion. Okay. And they also talked about the motives. They're saying, you know, not wanting to move out versus getting $750,000. Yeah, I kind of thought that too. They're like, eh, $750,000 is a much bigger motive than... Makes a lot more sense to kill somebody. And um, I have anger issues. And the defense also called a new witness to testify that didn't testify in the first trial. And that witness was Kevin. Okay. While he was on the stand, he testified that he was very close to his mom. He admitted that he had called her names. He had used harsh words with her. And even though he had previously said that he never entered the room, this time he said that he may have taken one or two steps into the room. Yeah. And he said that the sandals were his. That he used them kind of like house shoes. Yeah. The defense argued that in that state, he may not really remember how far he got into the room. I can see it from both sides. Yeah. I could see it being like, you either were in there or you weren't. Yeah. You're going to know if you're in there and you're going to know if you never walked in the room. 
But I could also see you're in a state of shock. Like you're already you see walking. Your mother. Yeah, you're already walking in there. Did you stop right at the doorway, or did you stop a little past it? You were already in the process of walking. Yeah. It wasn't whether you walked into the room or you didn't. It's where you stopped. Do you know where you stopped? Calm down. <laughs> Sorry. But no, I completely agree. I try to, you know, see it from both sides. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the prosecution did its thing. He had changed his stories. He was in the room. He mm-hmm. wasn't in the room. He never wore the shoes, had never seen them, and then he wore them all the time. Yep. They were his house shoes, whatever. The trial ends, and the jury deliberated for six hours this time. Okay. A little bit longer. And on the charge of murder in the second degree, Kevin was found. You want me to guess? Sure. I want to guess not guilty this time. You would be right. He was found not guilty. The jury foreman said that the fact that Kevin made a lot of eye contact during his testimony played a huge part in their decision. Okay. And he said, quote, Bill didn't look at us once. Oh, wow. Quote. So that's how he feels about it. Uh, Kevin was released, and because of double jeopardy, he can never be tried for his mom's murder again. Yep. But Bill could be. Yeah. Prosecutor Lowry said, though, that that's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. He said the evidence doesn't show that he did it, and the only defense that lawyers would have would be that Kevin did it. Yeah. And he's already been found not guilty. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, kind of stinks. Yeah, nobody's nobody's going to get held accountable for this. Exactly. Kevin said that he wants to be the man that his mom always wanted him to be. It appears that he now lives in Sarasota, Florida. He went back to using his original last name of, I want to say, Karakash. Okay. Karakash. I'm not... Something like that. Uh, Hey, after Um, last week, I get it. (laughs) I did not do my research last week. And apparently, he was arrested in 2016 for brawling. Okay. So, he still has some sort of whatever. Yeah. So, that's what I know about him. Bill ended up writing a memoir. It is called Love That Lasts a Lifetime. And part of the description says, quote, Through candid anecdotes and inspirational advice, Khan invites all of us to see how with hope, love, and faith, we too can reach the highest mountaintops and survive the deepest valleys of despair. End quote. Okay. Yeah. (sighs) Anyways, he is currently living in Palm Harbor, Florida, and is a small business owner and investor. At some point after Diane's death, Bill reportedly married a woman named Tanya, who passed away from cancer in 2017. Okay. In 2009, he crashed his motorcycle into some cyclists. One was injured and had to be hospitalized, and another said that Bill seemed angry, he was impatient, he yelled at him, and he was charged with leaving the scene of an accident with injury. Wow. And I think he was on a motorcycle. You said that. Did I say that? He crashed a motorcycle. Crashed his motorcycle. I did. Anyways. (laughs) According to a 2019 article in the Tampa Bay Times, Bill's license was actually revoked in 2014 after he was convicted on four separate accounts of driving under the influence. Wow. And he apparently has multiple arrests dating back as far as 1975. Huh. But yeah. That's it? That's it. Man. Either way, whoever did it, her murderer walked free. So, I feel like the jury may have been wrong in convicting him the first time. Mm -hmm. Not that the evidence and stuff didn't place him there like you said, but I don't feel like it was enough. 
Yeah. Regardless, I hate that nobody is held accountable for this, but it's not just about holding somebody accountable. It's about holding the right right person person. accountable. I don't feel like that was enough for them to say, yes, you did it because you're supposed to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah. I don't think that the prosecutors did that. The way I see it, I don't think that they had enough to convict Kevin the first time. But I can't say that they had enough to convict Bill either. Right, yeah. So it's like either way. I understand why they didn't charge him. Like I almost wish they could be like, okay, jury, here are these two people. Figure this stuff out and let us know who did it. But, I mean, you can't do that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even with everything that they have figured out, it's not enough one way or the other. I think that it was more than likely Bill with everything else that's happened. Yeah. Um, But I don't know because he had those other five children and they don't obviously seem to think that he did it, which I don't guess we've heard from them. The only one that was in the episode that I watched about it was his daughter, Rebecca. Which, see, another thing that also reminds me of Dennis and Donna Yaklich, because what their children said helped me kind of form more of an opinion about what happened in the house. And we only heard from one. From what I've watched and read, that's the only one that I've heard anything from. Yeah. She fully believes her dad. She supports her dad. She believes Kevin did it. But the thing is, if your parent does something like that, it's going to be really hard for you to not fully believe that they are innocent. Especially if there's somebody else there that you already have these tensions with and you see a certain side of them that may not be the most appealing. It's going to be easy for you to be like, okay, yeah, he did it. Well, I feel like they pointed everything toward Kevin, but I feel like everything that they had against him could have been explained a different way Mm -hmm. to make him not guilty. Yeah. Like the shoes in the struggle, the glasses in the struggle, the blood in the struggle, if there was one. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. In my opinion, Bill is suspicious to me. I encourage all of you to go watch the episodes, see his interviews and the way he talks, hear his 911 call and stuff. I think his 911 call sounds forced, although I'm not a person that analyzes all those things and their tone and all that stuff. That's just my opinion. But everybody needs to go watch it. Yeah. Not that having a record condemns anybody because, I mean, we're not the type of people to say, oh, you've been arrested, you're a bad person. It's not about that, but the fact that that went all the way back to 1975 mm-hmm. and the fact that part of DUIs. So he was the type of person to not care enough to not drive when he's under the influence. Yeah. He was the type of person to get into a wreck or cause a wreck mm-hmm. and not care enough to man up and be there to fix and- it. The person that they kind of interviewed for it was one of the cyclists, not the one that got hit, but he said basically he did it on purpose. Like he was riding super close to him. He was impatient because he was having to wait and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. At first I was like, well, maybe when Diane died, it hit him hard and he his yeah. life just took a turn. And I'm like, all of this stuff dates back to 1975, supposedly. So yeah, maybe that's he was weird. already like that. And I still think it's weird that his first wife died. Mm-hmm. It struck me as odd that he was like, Diane was the perfect woman for me, my dream woman, the blonde hair, blue eyes. I just think it's weird to talk about her that way when you had a first wife that you supposedly loved and was going to spend the rest of your life with. And then eight months later, you meet a new woman. It'd be different if they got divorced. Yeah, you meet a new woman and she's perfect. She's the woman of your dreams. Do you know what the other one looked like? She had brown hair. Okay. She was beautiful, but she had brown hair. Mm-hmm. I don't know what color eyes were. I didn't yeah. see that close, but yeah, that I'll try to a post a picture. Odd. I just thought it was weird. I think but then that again, 
it would also seem kind of weird to be like, you're my wife now and stuff, but my wife that passed away, she was my dream woman. She was the one, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe maybe we're diving too it's, far into yeah. that one. But, uh, it's but, back and forth. Yeah. But I feel like Bill's behavior points more toward him being an unbalanced person mm-hmm. um, in the mindset more than Kevin's. Yeah. So Kevin was arrested for brawling. Kevin admitted that he had anger issues or something or a temper, right? Mm-hmm. And I also feel like Kevin's story switching could be explained by the simple fact that he was afraid that he was going to go to jail for the murder of his mother. Yeah. So no, those are not my shoes. Those are not my glasses because all that puts him there. Yeah. Because people go to jail for innocent or when they're innocent all the time. It's awful either way. Yeah. Either Kevin did it and Bill is, you know, was accused and mm-hmm. living with people suspecting him of murdering his wife and when still he didn't do it. And that's it. awful. And it's awful if Kevin was convicted and had to stand trial and has people suspecting that he killed his own mom. Mm-hmm. It's awful either way. The most awful is that one of them knows. I mean, both of them know, but one of them did it. Mm-hmm. One of them is lying and we're never going to know. I'm really hoping for a deathbed confession or, you know, a come to Jesus moment where you just, yeah, just let it out. I don't yeah. know. So these people are, they're still alive and they're still, what, in Florida, right? Mm-hmm. As okay. far as I know, they are. Hopefully we'll get justice for Diane. If yeah, not, then so. the Almighty knows and uh, he will deal with it the way he sees fit. Yep. So yeah, that is the whodunit case of the murder of Diane Kine. Um, Very interesting. Email us your personal stories, questions, theories, case suggestions. Join our Facebook group. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And those two outlets, you can see pictures and stuff like that related to our case. The good people, the bad people, the places. Just random stuff sometimes. Yes. Sounds we can't find anything. <laughs> There's a picture of a chicken. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, become a relative. Join our Patreon. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Keep listening. Please. Bye. 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 Cool.